What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. And I got a special guest. It's been way too long. It's been way too long. But with this past week that's gone down in the NBA, I got the perfect person to bring in here. Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze, host of the Above the Rim podcast. Ironically, the same day that we're recording this, he just dropped his new episode. We're going to touch on some of the topics that he did touch on. He touched on it in great detail. But before we get into that, we'll be right back right after this. Telling you my problems, meditating my silence. But I keep pushing my pen, rotating my stylus. Brokenness feeling like sin, not no breath, low dollar. Used to be left on red, now all the girls go holler. Now all the girls go follow. All the fake fans gon' pile up. I need peace to borrow, get that shit right back tomorrow. Somehow all the fans go bravo, smile so much to hide my sorrow. Faith is shaky and bravado. I can't hold the frown And once again, we are back. And I kind of came in a little weak, so I got to give my dog. <laughs> we got my guy, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze, like I said, the host of the Above the Rim podcast in the building. Justin, what's good, bro? Yo, I appreciate my brother. Mo Cheese, yo, I appreciate the invite, my brother, as usual, man. Nah, you didn't come weak, you didn't come weak on the intro, man. That shit was just right. We calm when we low-key right now. We had a conversation right before the episode started, so... I'm ready to get it, man. I appreciate the invite, my brother. As always, you know, we rock with each other a lot on Twitter. We talk about a lot of things. So I appreciate the invite, brother. Let's go. Yeah, 100%. And once this move went down, this was a no-brainer. Those of y'all that listened to Justin on the Above the Rim, you know he was uber excited about this move. One of his favorite players, one of his favorite teams that he rocked with. He's more of an NBA fan, but he got his teams, he got his players, he got his agendas. And he just put two of his favorite players on the same team. Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. So I just want to straight up ask you, are the Suns now, and when I say contenders, I mean, are they the favorite to come out the West once Kevin Durant comes back from his injury? Absolutely. But I'm not going to be disrespectful and say the only contender that they the only favorites because I got to give respect to the uh, Boston Celtics. Got to give respect to the Milwaukee Bucks. That's about it right now. Everyone else, the rest, the West, excuse me, up for grabs. And to me, the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant is absolutely the favorite, man. I, I love this trade. I know you love the trade. It basically shook up the whole NBA. I didn't think it was going to happen here at the deadline and think it, and I didn't think it would happen so sudden. But I had rumblings that it was going to happen. Everyone heard the rumors in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually very excited that they were able to get this done midseason, even though this was, was kind of crazy of a trade because it is pretty unprecedented that a player of KD's caliber can get traded mid-season like this. So I know a lot of people are pretty surprised. I was too also as well because they kept a lot of the information under the wraps. You know, a lot of those greedy reporters couldn't get the scoop about mm-hmm. uh, about about um, about the KD trade happening. But I'm very excited about this trade, man. And it's about to be a very, very solid offense occurring on the floor. And I think the playoffs just got a whole lot more stickier. Yeah, 100%. And like what you mentioned is this was kind of all of a sudden – And it happened in the middle of the night. And I think, Mm. to me, with the theory on that, that's the craziest thing. So KD has been painted as, like, 
he he's riding the bus. He ain't a bus driver. And so KD didn't ask for a trade. We knew he met with Joe Sy, and he had some preferences. Word on the street was he wanted Pascal Siakam. Brooklyn couldn't really get it done. Like there were a couple moves he wanted to see made before he just was like, yeah, I'm all out on Brooklyn and I want to go. They had a meeting. I think the reason for it being late night was for this reason. Like if you weren't up on the East Coast at one o'clock or you weren't like me where you had just got almost in your deep sleep and your phone go off and now you're wide awake because there's no way you're thinking like this crazy news drops at midnight um, central time out here in Texas. But I think they did it for a reason. I think Kevin Durant had an honest conversation with Joe Sy and said, you know, I do want to move. Um, if it's not going to happen now, it is going to happen in the offseason. I think Kevin Durant was okay with finishing out the season with Brooklyn and then moving on in the summer. But probably, you know, the conversation was like, why waste any more time? You know, K- KD is injury ridden. Like he, he he is injury prone. So at the same time, why waste any more time? Why even waste the rest of this season to see what we can make shape when the ultimate goal is going to be moving you in the summer anyway? Joe Sy, you know, there were reports that he had the utmost respect for Kevin Durant and how his tenure for the Nets have been. And so it also came out that KD only wanted to go to the Suns and every team that called the Nets was shot down. We're not trading KD. Mm-hmm. Nets finally reached out to the Suns, kind of gave their demands. This is the way we can make a deal. But the Suns won. The Nets got a nice little core. They got their they're a fun they little team. You, you did talk it about it. It was a win win. Right. And they got a nice little team. They're a solid team. They're one of those teams where it's like no guy's going to stand out. But depending on what they could get back in return for Ben Simmons, I think they move on from him in the summertime. But what you said, what'd you say they're going to get for Ben Simmons right now? Oh, they're getting back two Hamilton tickets and garlic knots, brother. That's all he's worth on the market. <laughs> what they getting for that six points, bro? What they getting? I just want it to be known. I was listening to you because I knew he was recording today, so I was listening to you on my drive, and you said that. And I said, this man came out of Hamilton <laughs> tickets and garlic knots. Like, two it, Hamilton tickets, only two. It's two Hamilton tickets. Too. You thought about that. Like, you just got to talk of your noise. I said, hey, this man kind of a genius. I wish I would have thought of something like that. But I think they're going to move on from Ben. This will kind of be the core of their team. Well, they if, turn, if, if. Yeah, I, I think they will at some at whatever the price is. I don't know, but I mean, they turned down four first round picks for Mikel Bridges to be able to flip him in a trade. They turned down two. We're hearing for Dorian Finney Smith in a trade. So what they got in return for Kyrie and KD, you could tell the Nets were content with, and we're like, we can build around this. We maybe could get a star. We got enough pieces. I don't want to rush flipping Mikel Bridges because somebody an unhappy star could ask out, and Mikel Bridges could be the key piece again and getting a star. But with KD, the Suns, I think, I would give them an A-plus. I'd give Brooklyn an A-minus, and i give the Suns an A-plus because you got Kevin Durant without giving up DeAndre Ayer. Like, I, I think that's the biggest key is that they did not have to give up DeAndre Ayton, and I know, like, they wouldn't have gave up Ayton and Bridges, but being able to keep Ayton, I think, is a big thing for these Phoenix Suns team. If Aiton can finally start deciding to be a seven-footer and stop walking out of games playing 40 minutes getting three rebounds, bro. Tell me that. Two rebounds the other night. Two rebounds the other night. Well, (laughs) I know people who listen to my show know how hot I am when it comes to DeAndre Aiton, right? Listen, I there's so many times where he – there's a lot of times throughout the game, throughout the season, throughout the course of the year, when he can be more aggressive on the offensive (laughs) side and the defensive side of the ball. So – one of the things that I complain about the most is that he, I believe, I can't remember the exact number on my head. Now I'm forgetting right now, but 
he was very low, I believe. I, there was a couple of players that I named in a in a in a recent pod that had more blocks than him last year. There were guys like Patrick Beverly, guys like Carmelo Anthony, who had more blocks than DeAndre Ayton last year. So to me, that's always that's always been his Achilles heel kind of in that way. Nobody ever really questions his offensive talent. They know we have a sweet jump shot. They know he have a nice, soft baby hook. They know he has a nice, soft touch around the rim. He can finish around the rim and do all of that. But the aggressiveness, and that's more will than skill when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. So, and it, with this Phoenix team, since he's now the lone person left other than the big three, obviously, Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, he's going to have to morph slightly into a different role with uh, KD incoming. Now he's going to have to worry a, a lot more about cleaning that offensive glass. Cleaning, he should be having no less than 10 rebounds a night for DeAndre Aiden. 10 rebounds minimum. Right now, he's barely averaging 10 rebounds. I believe it's like 10.1 or 10.2. But throughout the whole season, he was only averaging nine rebounds a night. That's unacceptable for a seven-footer. And then most importantly, zero blocks, brother. Zero blocks DeAndre Aiden is averaging. So we know that's unacceptable. So with him coming in, his role is going to have to shift a little bit more to more of an interior presence. And we'll see if he can do that. And I do like them keeping Aiton. I don't know if I really like them keeping. If if I had to choose between Bridges and Aiton, I low key would rather have would rather the Phoenix Suns have kept Mikel Bridges only because of what he can do on both sides of the ball and wh- how important he was and how integral he was to the Suns' defensive success. Now they do have to uh, replace that production, that defense at the point of attack that Mikel Bridges that always. Mikel Bridges brings on a nightly basis. So they got a few pieces to, you know, fill that in. Okogi, maybe Tory Craig can fill that void. But um, I agree with you. It's definitely a, a major asset, obviously, with Kevin Durant coming to your team. And now it's um they're gonna have they're gonna have 20 or something odd games to gel this unit together, man. You think they could do it? I think they can, and I think because there's not a lot of pressure, they're not in the Portland Trailblazers situation, they're not in the Golden State Warriors situation. They've kind of put themselves, separated themselves since Devin Booker came back. Every game isn't a must win. So trying to figure out how we can mess together for the long haul for going into the playoffs, I think they have some room for bumps in the road. But KD is the type of guy, it ain't going to take long. Like KD, I can throw KD on any roster and he fits. He's not a guy who demands a lot of shots. He's one of the most efficient players I've ever witnessed in stats in history Back that up. You give him 17 shots, he'll give you 35 points. Like, it's mm-hmm. very simple. He doesn't need 20, 25 shots. You're not – Devin Booker is almost the same way. He doesn't need 20, 25 shots to be efficient. Mm-hmm. They're going to kill – you You pointed this out in your show. They're going to kill you in the mid-range. Chris Paul, Devin – Chris Paul eats in the middle of the paint, attacks your center with a pull-up jump shot. Devin Booker eats in that 15 to 18-foot jump shot range. We know Kevin Durant gets the ball at three-point line, two dribbles, pull-up. For a mid-range, DeAndre Eight could eat off the mid-range. But I do like the fact that they went after Terrence Ross. I like that mm. they added yes. Warren in the trade. They tried to make sure they could fix fix their depth problem that they would have after giving up all these pieces mm-hmm. for Kevin Durant by adding, you know, um, Ross, making sure Warren was in the trade, brought mm-hmm. in Baisley, who has some sim- – mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he played with Chris Sneaky Paul. Sneaky pickup. Yeah, and it was one of those, he played with Chris Paul, and the buyout market were, what, a week past the trade deadline almost? So I don't know how much the buyout market is going to get, but I could see, like, 
And I know he's not the most effective, but I could see a Kevin Love wanting to jump along with Phoenix for the ride. And he could give you eight to 10 minutes at any given point in time. So I might get in foul trouble. He could play a little bit. Um, but until those buyouts really happen, which I would expect to have it happen in a couple days if they're going to, there's some potential names, the Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks. Some of those guys are potential buyouts. And I think like a lot of them will want to jump along Phoenix. We've seen this with every superstar team. A lot of guys went to go join the Brooklyn Nets when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving first joined. A lot of guys took, you know, in the buyout market, it took less as a veteran minimum to go play with the Miami Heat when they had the big three. Guys were taking less and going to play with the Warriors when it, they got bought out or whatever. So I think they won't have a problem with adding depth if the buyout market gets a little deep with the potential buyouts. But, man, I mean, bro, this going to be tough. It, I just think, though, if the Suns get to the finals, I mm. do think the one team they don't want to see is Milwaukee. Mm. And, and before we move agree. on and crap on my Miami Heat, because that's what we're about <laughs> to do, uh, I think the Jay Crowder, of all the trades, I think the Jay Crowder trade was the most significant. Obviously, how do you say that when Kevin Durant gets traded? But what I'm saying is this was a team who we already looked like could win a championship. You added Jay Crowder. They about to go into the playoffs. They starting five can potentially be guys who all can shoot the three-pointer and all play defense. Drew Holiday going to be a first-team all-NBA defender. Chris Middleton can play defense. Like he, He does not slack on the defensive end. Brooke Lopez might win defensive player of the year. Obviously, we know Giannis can play some defense. He, he's a rim protector as well. Jay Crowder can play defense and shoot the three. You're surrounding Giannis with nothing, and I won't say nothing but three-point shooters. Drew Holiday's a little more than that. Chris Middleton could get his own bucket, but you're also surrounding them where we could just clear the way for Giannis, and that's what you need in the playoffs is if we can make open space for Giannis to work and also maximize knocking down these shots when he can't get to the paint because it's a little more physical in the playoffs – you add Jay Crowder, you're going to have Bobby Portis. As much as we hate Grayson Allen, he tries on that defensive end, defensive side of the ball, and he can shoot the three. So I just feel like it just made that core around Giannis even more strapped because Jay Crowder has done nothing but been a key role for very good teams. He did it. He was a key role in Phoenix. He was a key role in Miami. Like, yeah. it's one of those he, he plays rolling good teams which is crazy because you don't look at him and no super slot he's not no all-star player never will be but he's just that guy like if you have him your team just got that much better especially when you're that close to winning a championship like you are with milwaukee exactly 100 percent. listen there was no coincidence that every team that jay crowder was on was going to the finals about three years in a row there's no coincidence that that was happening on your miami heat Mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns, and now he's going over there to Milwaukee to another contender. So that was one of the best spots for him. But to piggyback off your point, two points I want to make really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the two, I agree with what you were saying. The two teams that I think can cause the most matchup problems for the Phoenix Suns going into a playoff series are the Milwaukee Bucks that you named, and then also the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I know a lot of people are down on the Memphis Grizzlies right now because they're talking shit about Jaws comments or whatever the case may be. I don't care about that. The Memphis Grizzlies are ready to perform in the NBA playoffs when it does happen. Now, to me, my two team, two best teams of the West are the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns. I think that will be the Western Conference Finals, right? And why I think a team like the Grizzlies and a team like the Bucks is going to give the Suns, you know, some problems in the playoffs, especially in the series, because these are all all-star caliber players, is the defense and the physicality from both of those teams. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams can also sport out two seven-footers on the floor at one time who can all are mobile, who can rebound, who can block shots, who can really be an interior presence. So I think um, we talked about Aiton, about how he struggles at times to be an interior presence. So I think 
those are the two teams that the Phoenix Suns may struggle with. And both of those two teams are very intelligent basketball teams when it comes to defensive schemes. So I think they're also going to have a counter to the Phoenix Suns counter of their pick and roll mid-range action. And also, uh, the last point I want to make about the Suns, the reason why I know this is going to work and I have zero doubt about KD moving into the Suns and it being a seamless transition in the last 20 or so odd games is because every single one of these stars are unselfish. Every single one of them. KD Mm -hmm. is one of the most unselfish superstars of all time. Chris Paul, Mm -hmm. we know, is a passing savant. He doesn't even want to shoot half of the time. And and that's his problem. I yell at at the TV because he don't shoot enough. So now you're asking Chris Paul, you don't even need him to shoot at all. Like, brother, if you want to take a mid-range one a quarter, give me one a quarter. (laughs) One mid-range a quarter, right? And a couple of threes. And then Devin Booker, he's also an unselfish superstar unselfish young superstar allowing two older guys, two older guys who have a little bit more cachet to Devin Booker to come into his locker room and also them work together. So because of because all of these guys are selfish, I really think it's going to work. And I'm going to be loud on Twitter all year, so I, I already know already. Yeah, and you know what? But I know what you won't be loud about is the next team that we about to talk mm. about. I might be loud too. And, and it's the Miami Heat. And I think – you know, you talked about this. You know, I did a trade deadline show on Saturday. You talked about this on your show. They were the biggest loser of the trade deadline. And then we went into, you You go into who's the biggest loser after that. But when you look at a team that just went to seven games in the Easter Conference Finals, first round knockout the year before that, NBA Finals parents, appearance in the bubble. They have been a contender for all three years. Now, I know they got knocked out in the first round the year before last, but they ran into the Milwaukee Bucks, who ultimately went on to win the championship. And it was a a rematch game for a team that knocked off, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks for the possibility of Milwaukee was seeking their first championship at that time. But it made me raise the question, is Pat Riley all in on this team? Because if he was... First off, we were hearing reports. I don't know how true it was. But there were multiple reports that Pat Riley was asleep while the Miami Heat were trying to make moves. <laughs> the other, you were asleep at the trade deadline. And even if it wasn't, he was literally asleep. He wasn't answering his phone. He was not accessible in the most important 48 hours to a team to start a run on the second half of the season. And why would I think he's not all in? Because that's a move where you're not all in and you're looking at the future and you're like, This team, whatever their ceiling is, that's what it's going to be. I'm not looking to get much better because I think I could. it's possible I could ruin the future of this team. But my problem is this. There were two players you had an opportunity to get rid of. What you were going to get back in return, not sure. Would it have been equal value? Come next season, I would say yes. You had an opportunity to get rid of Kyle Lowry. You had an opportunity to get Duncan Robinson. There were teams calling about them. They wanted something back in return for taking on those contracts, but what you were able to do at the very least was make a move, and we'd be like, okay, they didn't improve, but they got off those two bad contracts, which opens up some cap space for them to make some moves and build around Jimmy Bam and Tyler Hero immediately in the summertime, and we could at least walk away from the trade deadline and be like, okay, Miami likes what they got right now. They're going to rock with what they got right now, but they're looking at the summer. But they didn't do that. And so now you're going in with Kyle Lowry, who's going to be another year older, who's going to have literally zero value in the summertime. Nobody's going to want that. Kyle Lowry will have a lot of value in the trade deadline next year because he'll finally be an expiring contract. You had an opportunity to get rid of Duncan Robinson. Nobody going to want him. They were willing to take on that contract if you were willing to give up draft picks. And it seems like Miami was just so stingy. So, like, is Pat Riley all in on the Miami Heat? Like, he can't be, right? 
Listen, I was very upset in my episode about the Godfather Pat, man. I needed the heat to make a move, brother. So I feel you on that a thousand percent. Like, listen, because of the move and um, most importantly, because of the move, Kevin Durant moving to Phoenix, Kyrie Irving also moving to the moving to the moving to the map. Excuse me. That's another East contender that's been shouted out the East. So who are you really afraid of in the Eastern Conference right now? Boston, obviously, yes. Milwaukee, obviously, yes. Philly, they are beatable, but they are, you know, a contender. And then mm-hmm. after that, every other team is really beatable. Now, I know about the Cavs. They're, uh, uh, I'm not taking anything away from them. They were an excellent team. But they still not are fully ready to make a huge run. I mean, they they may win a, a series or two in the playoffs. But this is really they're going to be their first go-around um, in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference, yeah. because they didn't make the playoffs last year. So if you're if you're a Pat Riley, you're looking at the Heat roster. Who am I really scared of? If I'm if I if I don't land in eighth or seventh, I don't have to worry about Boston or Milwaukee in the first round. Now, if I added one more piece, primarily a four, which we all know when the Heat were at their best, they had a space a defensive minded spacing four like a Jay Crowder to put right in that lineup, like a PJ Tucker to put right in that lineup, but. I'm very surprised, and you know, I'm I'm a little down on the Heat right now because I'm, I'm I actually thought they would upgrade a little bit from uh, Caleb Martin. Not that he's not doing a solid job because he's doing a solid job, but in the playoffs, he's not dynamic enough to really mm-hmm. be that third, fourth type of guy, or even a guy to hit really timely shots. You know, or, or a little bit of that intimidating presence that they're gonna need because if they run into the Bucks the first round, if they yeah, if they run into the Bucks the first round, or maybe the Celtics, hopefully not. But if they run, they don't have enough defenders to really guard all of those guys because each one of those top teams have now had multiple offensive options and multiple offensive weapons. And the Heat haven't really gotten better offensively. So maybe they pick up Russ. Maybe they pick up a John Wall. Let me know what you think about that. But since they didn't make a move, maybe one of those pieces could help them going forward. Because I still don't feel like all oh, hope is lost. Because if they can make a move, but. It's it's tough right now. This is still a good team, and Pat Riley knows that. But I thought with the Six emergence the of Sam Adebayo, like the way he's been playing lately, I thought like Pat Riley would put a stamp on, you know what, Bam's playing his best ball. We know Jimmy Butler shows up in the playoffs until mm-hmm. he gets us doubt for that. Whether Jimmy Butler's scoring 25, 26 a night right now, he sits at 22, he gives you hard minutes when necessary. But he know we know he's all in on the playoffs. You're trying to get Tyler Hero to be a little more consistent but with the emergence of Bam. Like, I need to add a piece to this. I think Bam can be a bigger X factor than he ever was going into a playoff series. And I think he'd be tough to stop for anybody. And knowing what Jimmy brings and knowing Tyler Hero has had a couple big games in playoffs at a point in time before, you know he'll show up at some point. Russ is, to me, has always been the answer. Mm. I, I wanted Russ last year. When he was, yeah, when they were talking about the trade deadline last Mm -hmm. year, and we thought it could be like, okay, this wasn't working out. I was like, go get Russ. Like, it's very simple. Give up Kyle Lowry when there was a possibility of that being a straight up trade. Um, Let the Lakers have him in that bad contract. As much as I love LeBron, go deal with it. I love my Miami Heat too. And I don't want to see us in purgatory for signing a 36 year old out of shape point guard for three years. But that's, but I don't know what Pat Riley was doing there. But I think Russ is the answer. I think we could get him. I think he'll mess. I think his attitude alongside Jimmy Butler will give us a lot. I know Russ isn't much of a defender, but he's a guy who can run an offense and take the ball out of Jimmy Butler's hands and feed him. Where Jimmy Butler doesn't have to carry the offense and play make and play defense and make shots. 
and make sure guys get open. Like, okay, now on the offensive side, Jimmy, you can score and you play defense. And we will let Russ run the offense. John Wall, I'm a little out on John Wall now. Um, he's done? Finished? I don't, I don't know if he has enough juice to make a difference for Miami. Like, if, More if than Lowry? Lowry is giving close to nothing right now. That's not saying much. Like, even if he's giving me more than Lowry, like, because I look at it like this, Russ showed, like, bro, he's still, when I say elite level for Russ, he's not he's not going to return back to MVP Russ, but he could give me 17, 18 a night and six or seven assists, if not eight assists, and I know he can run an offense, and he showed me that running the second unit for the Lakers. So I know I could get some quality. Look at his last game as a Laker. He scored, what, 24 points. He had an amazing fourth quarter. Like, So he still has the juice, and it's been more than spurts. And one thing about Russell Westbrook, he's going to play hard. And so Miami don't have to worry about adding a guy who we got to squeeze the juice out of him. He's going to play hard for 30, 35, 40 minutes a night. You never look at Russ, even when he shoots 2 of 16 and it pisses you off, and he 0 for 4 from 3. I never say Russ didn't leave it all out on the court. He could have made better decisions. We know that. That's kind of been a thing around his whole career. He could be a better decision maker, but I've never looked at Russ and be like, he could have played harder. He gave up so many times on the play, he screwed the team out of a win. That's not in Russell Westbrook's DNA. He's going to play as hard as you want for as long as you need him, and he's yeah. able to stay. He played, what, 70-some games for the Lakers last year, and if it wasn't for low management, I think he would have played 82 because he never really was injured. He just – all right, I'm not yeah. going to play this back-to-back because it's more yeah. acceptable in the NBA now. So if I could add a piece, it would be him. And if if I if the buyout market went the right way, I wanted Terrence Ross first off, but mm. as soon as they said Phoenix, his eye was on Phoenix, I said, yeah, well, you're not getting him in Miami because yeah, he, he wanted to try and win the championship. It's about that time, his career coming down to end. But there's two guys I think we could add that would be the biggest upgrade we could make based on what's available if they get bought out. And it's Nerlens Noel and mm. Alec I think if we could get both of them, I think if we could replace Dwayne Dedman with a better shot blocker and rebounder, essentially a guy who's a little more versatile side to side. He's a little more agile moving from side to side and nervous as well to back up Bam. And then Alec Burks, a guy who I could depend on to get buckets, but I don't need him every night. I, he mm-hmm. can have those inconsistent off shooting nights, but I do know at any given point in time, he could give me 20. He was doing it in Detroit. He would go through these three or four games, score about 18 to 22 points, and I could get that from one or two games of the playoff series. And Miami's built now where, okay, if he could give me one or two games where he scored 22, I put the rest of the series on the back of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, my all-stars. I know Jimmy didn't make the all-star game, but of my all-stars, I I put it on the back of my players, but I need guys to – Tyler Hero to score 20, 25 one night. Alec Burks to step in. Nerlens Noel, you know, when Bam comes out, I still see, need that same defensive presence. I don't really care if you give me four points. I just need you to control the boards and block shots the way Bam Adebayo does when he's not on the court. So that would be either give me Russ or give me those two. If they get bought out. I know they were, they were on the list of potential buyouts. If they, they were to get bought out, out I, would take, I would take them two or I would take Russ. I would love mm. Russ. I'm gonna throw two more names out there since you didn't mention these two. I like also also I like those uh those buyout candidates as well, but also two more candidates I'm gonna throw out. Serge Ibaka, I think it would be a solid backup to uh to Bam Adebayo. Done uh, no, bro. He, he, so? he, he can slight enforce slightly enforce yeah. for 15 can minutes. It, do he have that? I Does he so. have it though? Like, do you think he, if he got the yes. juice to give me 15 minutes of an enforcer, yes. Ibaka, I'll take him. But I mean, he's so focused on the chef show. I don't even, I thought he was. <laughs> I know he needs to put that. I know he, he needs to put that chef show down. I, I definitely I feel you on that. But nah, for real, on some real shit, I really think 
he could really help out that unit. Now, I was a little shocked that they even gave away Dwayne Denman like that. That was basically a salary dump. I saw I saw the video that uh, when Project Pat took Dwayne Denman out to dinner out there on South Beach, I think it was Carbone or something like that. He took him to dinner, and then I saw three days later, Dwayne Denman is traded basically for, basically for cash consideration. So I'm like, damn. All right, so now I know they need a backup five. I kind of like Sergi Baca there. Learners a while. I absolutely love that piece as well. But I still don't know if Nerlens Noel really has much left. And then he's also injury prone as well. So I like Serge Ibaka. And then what about Melo? What about Melo, brother? Come on, Listen, coming off the bench, right? Caleb Martin is still going to start because you still need that defensive-minded four, that spacer, that diverse, that mm-hmm. versatile defender who can defend all different positions. Definitely not as a starter. But Melo off the bench, giving you 15 to 20 minutes a night. The last time he was playing in L.A., Giving from 15 to 20 minutes a night, he was averaging 13, 11 to 13 <laughs> points a game. Now, the one thing you know that Heat lacking is scoring buckets, right? Yeah. What they need is a guy who can get a bucket when the offense bogs down and also when Tyler Hero gets injured because we see that year after year, playoff after playoff, Tyler Hero is going to miss some games. Now, he's a phenomenal talent, but he's going to miss some games. And when he does miss those games, you can't go into another series with Gabe Vincent and Max Struess as your primary backcourt, uh, uh, primary backcourt people that are that are putting buckets on the board, you're gonna need someone else. So, the best bucket getter available on the bench for the cheap, for the low, I think would be Carmelo Anthony. But I think they probably gotta sell him on it. But I think I don't think that would be that hard to be honest. It would be very hard, and I'm gonna tell you because <laughs> your boy already put his word in, Chris Paul. Mm. Melo after, do do after the all-star break, if he comes back and he plays basketball, he's going to Phoenix, bro. It makes all the sense in the I world. Praise the Lord. I hope. <laughs> he tried it with LeBron, right? Like, we know how tight the banana boat crew is. He tried it with LeBron. Melo, if he comes back, he's going to Phoenix. Chris Paul has already put the word in. Melo and Kevin Durant do have a relationship. They cool. Now, they ain't banana boat crew cool. But they cool. He's not going back to L.A. He don't really have a relationship with nobody on Miami to convince him if Chris Paul and KD is like, yo. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough for if Chris Paul. And you see that the owner is aggressive because he went and got Kevin Durant. So the new owner made a move as soon as he stepped in. You don't think this new owner, if Chris Paul and Kevin Durant came up to him and was like, look, we're not asking you to give him a multi-year deal. All we're asking you to do is bring him along for the ride to be a bench contributor. You think Melo going to shut – one, you think Melo going to shut that down. This is the best yeah. opportunity left in his career to end up getting a ring, which I want to see Melo get a ring because, like – and even Chris Paul because it'll be one of those – even if Melo came along for the ride and gave you 11 points off the bench, yeah. 10 years down the line, it'll make us look at Melo's career a lot different just because at a per- point in his career he was a champion. Yeah. And I think he yeah. deserves that because I think Melo gets disrespected. So I also – Loving Melo growing up, I would love to see Melo in Phoenix as well. So if they did win a championship, there's only one guy on Phoenix I don't want to see win a championship, and it's Devin Booker. I don't like Devin Booker, but <laughs> why not? What should be? I don't like Devin Booker, bro. I really don't. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow, I learned something new yeah, today. I didn't know that. I can't stand Devin Booker. He's a hooper, though. I respect this game. I, I do respect this game. I just 
It's just something. Everybody to- got their guys. Everybody got their guys in the NBA, man. I feel if you. He like, yo, I got plenty of dudes like that. So. Yeah, if he wins one at the expense of like Chris Paul and Carmelo get the first <laughs> and they get the close out, I'd be okay with it. But okay. yeah, I think I think Melo, he's a realistic option as far as like if you could have your best option possible, go get Melo. But I don't think I think it's going to be tough to sell Melo out of Phoenix when Chris Paul's already said. He hinted, I'd love to have Melo over here. And I think when KD ready, like, look, bro, post-All-Star break, that's when these buyouts are going to start coming. They'll probably start coming this weekend. They're all going to talk. Melo's going to be at the All-Star game. Who you think the first people going to holler at Melo is? It's going to be Chris Paul, and it's going to be wow. Kevin Durant. You're going to see Carmelo sitting with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant during the, oh, yeah. the, the dunk contest on Saturday. I'm calling it now. So when oh, you yeah. see him, when you see them three sitting right next to each other, just know Melo going to Phoenix. That's why I think Me- Melo's out, and, and I don't think he's coming off the bench to go play with Jimmy Butler and bam, he's coming off the bench to go play with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. That's just my thinking. Listen, I would love that. So you're not getting no strife for me when it comes to that. I think Melo coming to Phoenix would just complete the cypher. For me personally, it would complete the cypher. But I do feel you on that. The one thing I'm worried about with the Suns, though, they don't really – they have one roster spot left, but they're deciding between, I think, uh, converting Ish Wainwright's two-way contract onto that or – if they're going to release them. So they kind of need that roster spot. And I saw a lot that they're looking, they're still looking to upgrade with some backcourt help also for an upgrade over campaign for a little bit more ball handling. So we'll see which route that they go. I would personally love to see Melo there, but I don't know. I just don't want to see Melo out for a whole entire year, man. That shit is crazy to me. Well, if he's out for a year, I don't really see him playing no more at this point. Like, yeah, you, you sat there, you're 20, like, that's Guys crazy. don't just bounce like, oh, I sat out year 20 and I'm playing year 21. Like, even if he's just like, and I very well could see, I think the scenario is Melo kind of letting the landscape play. He's got this bat who could get me in the door that gives the best possibility for me to, you know, ride off into the sunset as much as Melo could. And I think Phoenix would be that. And I think Chris Paul, I'm sure they've talked. They're probably on the phone as we're talking. They talking Chris Paul trying oh. to convince him. But we're staying in the, now we're moving back to the West. We had to put some focus on a terrible Easter conference team. They're not even terrible. They just pissed me off. But we're going to move back to the West, and we're going to stay in the West for these next two topics, Kyrie and Luka. So Mm. when I ask what their ceiling is, we've already seen them play a couple games together. We saw what Kyrie looked like in his first two games without Luka for Dallas. And Kyrie looked – I mean, Kyrie is Kyrie. He never looked – not looked like Kyrie unless he's not on the court. We know what Kyrie could do. Kyrie gets a lot of hate. That goal, that conversation could go on all day. But as far as these two on the court, what is their ceiling? Because what we are seeing in the closeout of games, these past couple games, is they are not sure how to close out together. So what is their ceiling and do they figure out, do they figure it out to reach their ceiling and reach the highest potential that this duo could have? Yeah, well, it's a good question that you asked, brother, because um, I had to change my tune a little bit uh, first when we just heard the news and we just thinking about the potential lineups that's going to be there with Kyrie and Luca. And now when you actually see them in some game action, I'm actually getting the, it's starting to shift my viewpoint a little bit slightly when I look at this team, right? Cause I really like the team though, first of all, but there is a cap on this team and there definitely is a ceiling on this team. And to me, I think their highest ceiling that they could possibly get would be the Western conference finals. Where do I think they're realistically going to get? It's to the second round tops. I don't think they're getting past the second round of semifinals because I think there are four more teams better than them or three more teams better than them in the Western Conference that I think would be able to take them out in a potential series. Now, we look at the offensive prayer between Kyrie and Luka. I don't think it's no secret that everyone knows this 
would be a lethal offense, a potent offense, but potent offensively in a certain way. Obviously, we know both of these two are one of the uh, two of the best isolation basketball players in the league. So we know there's going to be a lot of your turn, my turn kind of shit with this Dallas Mavericks team. But I talked about in the last episode, I was definitely surprised to see them a little bit reluctant to take that last shot in that last game because I, I do I thought Jason Kidd would come in with a specific game plan as in a specific game plan or strategy for the end of late game situations because to me that would have been the only question for this type of backup would be late game situations. But it looks like probably they're going to maybe, you know, iron that out and I guess probably they learn from that game, how they lost the game, basically not getting a shot off. But it's their defense, man. I mean – their perimeter defense is a little sus right now, Mochi. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. All they got is Bullock losing Dorian Finney-Smith. That was low-key a big loss for them because now they're struggling to really uh, solidify that power forward spot. Like, who's, who they got starting right now? Josh Green I saw starting the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot who else they had starting. But somebody – well, Tim Holloway Jr. Then they had Bullock, I think, at the four one of the times. And mm-hmm. then they had Christian Wood. Then they had uh, – no, not Claver. Um, Powell, excuse me, Powell was out there. He was starting yeah. that center, which I'm like, come on, that's no enforcing or rim protected. And then they switching out with Christian Wood and JaVel McGee. So there's no consistency defensively for the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm going to keep it a buck. That defense is sus, especially on the perimeter. So uh, if you're relying on Luka and Kyrie to stop their man or at least, you know, uh, uh, slow down their man, I don't know how much faith I'm putting in that, brother. So because of that, I got to cap their ceiling a little bit. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised, but hearing Jason Kidd after, I think it was last night, um, hearing what he had to say where he was like, you know, the objective is to score points, and so we're just going to outscore everybody. Like, that kind of was like, you're talking to me about defense, but I feel like I got a team that could put up 130 at any given point in time was basically what he was saying, and he does, but that sounds good for the regular season, but we know the physicality goes up in the playoffs. We know the game slows down and there's more defense played. And I know these games still go 108, 106, but you have less of a chance of consistently scoring a buck 25 in the playoffs because the game slows down. It gets tighter. It gets physical and that could go up. It could benefit Kyrie and Luca because if it gets a little more physical, they get some of those opposing defenders in foul trouble and that opens up leeway for them to score but it could also hurt them because it's like if you're not getting all the ticky tack fouls if you're not putting up 130 like are you stopping this team from scoring 115 and i think mm-hmm. that's gonna be the biggest problem that they have but i mean i just watched luca carry a bunch of guys to a western conference finals last year it's well, tough fluke win yo fluke win man it was but he did it and like he did it if they set themselves up in position they might not have to see Phoenix until the Western Conference Finals. And if I look at Dallas with it being so wide open right now, you might have, you'll probably, you're going to have to see one of Phoenix or Memphis. Like, you're going to have to see one of them to get to the Western Conference Finals unless it shakes up with them two see each other. We you got the Mavs right now on the hierarchy of the West? Four. I got them four. Because I, 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 I got Phoenix, Phoenix Memphis, and Denver. Yeah, mm, I, I, okay, I got to like about Denver. I we go talk about Denver in a second, but Clippers? Man, I ain't, I'm not buying the Clippers, bro. <laughs> and I think that's bro, first off, Kawhi is another one of them dudes don't like, and mm. I don't think I don't know if they'll be healthy going into the playoffs. Like nothing mm. of their tenure has told me that they both will be there and be ready to go and be a hundred percent health or as a hundred percent you could be at the end of an NBA season heading into the playoffs. 
I'm not buying the Clippers until they show me. And they could go win a championship. And I'd be like, okay. But I still, they answered my question, but I'm still going to have these questions. They're never healthy. So it's like, I don't know if Paul George going to be there in, in the second round. I don't know if Kawhi going to make it to the playoffs. Like, let alone, I think I got more of a chance of PG being healthy enough to go, but he's going to be coming off an injury to end the season. I don't know if Kawhi is going to make it in the second half of the season. He has been balling and he's been playing a lot more, but we know what Kawhi playing a lot more and sitting these or not sitting these back to backs is more after the pick Kawhi You don't think the pickups helped them a little bit with the depth? Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, who else they got? Plumlee also as well. You don't think it, it helped them a little help, bit? It does help with their depth, but they're not doing nothing without both of them being there. At the end of the day, with the what way the series is, yeah, with, with the way Phoenix is, with the way Denver is, with as good and deep as I know Memphis is, and the fact that if one of them are not there, now you're factoring in, again, Golden State, you're factoring Dallas. Like, they're not beating any of those teams without both of them being there. And that's my question is, are they going to be there? Low key, though, I think they could take the Nuggets in this series. I'm not going to hold you. Well, the Nuggets in the Mavs. Since you said the Nuggets. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to make this known. I made sure I didn't. I listened to this episode. I'm glad he didn't talk about this. So I have no idea what his answer is. I think we on the same page because on you let Twitter tell it. This is Jokic's number one hater. And all the Jokic fans the past two oh, years on his head for hating on Jokic for really just telling it like it is. So. We about to put this in perspective. I put championship or bust for Jokic. Right now, the NBA MVP ladder, which is a fair, accurate assessment weekly on who's favored to win. Vegas has Jokic favored to win the MVP. This man is about to possibly put himself in unprecedented waters. Only one person has ever done this, and that's Larry Bird. Only other person to win three MVPs in a row. We're not even just talking about three MVPs because that the list gets bigger, but it's still very unprecedented. And it's a certain amount. Of, it's a certain type of guys. The elite of the elite got three or more MVPs. Larry's the only one to do it three years in a row. If Jokic wins his third MVP and he may not even win his third MVP, but if he does, if he wins his third MVP, is it championship or bust for Jokic, bro? Like, if he doesn't win a championship, but he gets his third MVP in a row, are we not having some negative discourse towards how we're supposed to talk about Jokic? Because they're going to kill KD if he don't win one. They're going to kill Kyrie if he loses in the first round. They're going to kill LeBron if he missed the playoffs. There's already agenda set for certain players that they're going to kill, and we're just letting Jokic ride through, win three MVPs, and literally nobody's talking about it. Listen, the streets are too safe. For Joker, the streets are too safe, and not my streets. When you go on my block, you coming around my corner. The streets ain't safe, no Nikola Jokic. All right, so I've already been dubbed or labeled as a hater only because a couple last couple of years I said Chris Paul was the streets MVP and Jokic was the regular season MVP, and then we saw what happened in the playoffs when they went against each other. It was sweep, sweep, sweep them out the sweep them out the playoffs right there at that point. Now the people want to say. Whatever this, uh, the Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray. They didn't have Michael Porter Jr. Fine, whatever. But apparently to a lot of people, Chris Paul was washed that year. And Devin Booker wasn't ready that year. Aiton wasn't ready that year. So to me, it's fair game. Whoever you throwing out on the floor is whoever you throwing out on the floor. Now, now, coming for now, Jokic has to, has first of all, it's Western Conference Finals minimum. He honestly should be in the finals, really should be 
judged on if he can come through with a championship because sometimes just getting to the finals is just not enough. Yeah, you can get, you know, a, a congrat- participation award, congratulatory award. But you see Chris Paul, he made it to the finals the first time. Nobody really cares. You don't get extra respect for that. You got to get the job done and you got to win it. If Giannis went to the finals that year and he didn't get it done, they wouldn't be talking about him the same. They, he was elevated into a different stature because he got the job done and because he won a title. Nikola Jokic, if he's going to be a three-time MVP, he's already a two-time MVP. A lot of people are clamoring him for another time. He has to win a title this year, at least going to the NBA Finals, but has to win a title. Is he going to get there this year? I personally do not think so at all. I think, and I don't know what the problem is going to be this year, right? Because you can't use the injury excuse in the playoffs. This team has been healthy throughout the whole year. And for the last two years, that's all they've been saying. Jokic doesn't have enough help. His whole squad is injured. He's carrying his squad. He's carrying G-leaguers into the playoffs. They gave him a bunch of credit. Gave him a bunch of credit. They gave him a pass last year for losing against the Warriors. And the last time Jokic has really had some real playoff success was in the bubble. That was the last time he has done anything really impactful in the playoffs in the series. So when they played against the Lakers in that bubble. So we're going to see if he really steps up right now in the playoffs. And I don't want to hear anything about anything. If he's the MVP, he's been leading the MVP race this year more than any other candidate for the longest amount of time this year. So I don't want any excuses. And they're the number one seed. And a lot of people are calling this the best team in Denver Nuggets franchise history. So it's definitely championship or bust, or at least at the very minimum, finals or bust for Jokic. And he's got to get there, in my opinion. What do you think about offering, you think he's getting enough? I, I think here's my – no. He doesn't get enough criticism. We let – bro, and here's my problem is Kobe had what? One MVP – two MVPs? One. Season, regular one, season MVP. MVP. One. Yeah, Should have had more. Braun only got four. KD only has one. Steph Curry got two. But there's guys who he's about to jump as far as it regular season awards. He's about he already has more than and he's about to jump into unprecedented bro. They didn't even let LeBron get three in a row. They ain't let Kobe have an opportunity to get three in a row. And we would and those guys still get the crazy type of criticism for trying to win championships. When Kobe, when Shaq left Kobe for those years until he won it again, Kobe was getting criticized every week or every year. He was getting criticized every year. And so they didn't, you know, Derrick Rose, whether you rightfully think he got the MVP, LeBron had the better numbers, but I get it. You you, you had got voters fatigue on LeBron already. He deserved that MVP. I guess. I mean, I'm a Braun guy, so it's also like. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. They could have, that could have went either way. But Chicago did have the one seed. And so I'm cool with awarding the one seed. But Mm -hmm. like, there was like, bro, they're almost talking like this race isn't close right now. Like they're even setting up the NBA MVP ladder as if, you're putting Joel Embiid in second because you're going to be able to paint the picture of like, well, we know Philly's going to fold. We know they're going to have some ups and downs, so we're not giving it to Joel Embiid. He's got to he earn got it. too much help. Yeah, even though he should. And they're already starting that discourse of they. I, I seen a tweet, right? And they went down the list. They said he has no defensive player of the year, no MVP, no all-star. No all-stars. And I'm like, okay, so Jamal Murray could have made an all-star game, but has made an all-star game before. I'm like, okay, Michael Porter Jr., his question his question is being available, but when he's available, he gives you solid numbers. Aaron Gordon is playing probably one of his best years as far as contributing to winning since he's been in the NBA. Uh, Catavius Caldwell-Pope is knocking down threes and playing defense. Like, what we're not going to do 
is act like he is going into this thing with Jokic and the band of brothers. This is not the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers team with LeBron. This is not J.R. Smith and Amon Shepard. No diss to them. They were really good at one point in their career, but at the time, that whole roster was washed. Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, that whole roster. This is not that. Do not paint the picture that this Mm. is that. Nikola Jokic needs to win a championship. If you are going to be in unprecedented waters, you need to be able to hold a championship alongside that. If you're going to do something Jordan never did, you need a championship. If you're going to do something Magic never did, you need a championship. Kareem never did it. LeBron never did it. We're going to go down the list of, I'm talking about the top 10 players of all time. Duncan never won three in a row. Got five. All these guys that you're about to pass in that accolade, and that's a big-time accolade to be three-time one, to be a three-time MVP in your career, but two, three times in a row. In a like, row? that's a different type of dominance that I don't think. If he gets knocked out in the first round because he gets the Golden State Warriors in the playoff series because they're, that's the eighth seed out with the play-in, mm. no excuse. Don't care. I don't care who you get. I don't care if it's the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, the, the Trailblazers. I don't care. Whoever gets that eighth seed, if you get knocked out in the first round and you get voted MVP, you should be stripped of it right then and there. I'm sorry, bro. Absolutely. Like you got to win a championship and I'll take him getting to the finals and losing in six or seven games. I'll be okay with that. I'll be like, you know what? You made it to the finals. He lost in six or seven, especially if you play like the Milwaukee Bucks, who I feel like is a better team. Um, if he play, if he play Philly here, here will be my thing is if he plays Philly, you know, Joel Embiid takes the disrespect of him not being considered the best center in the league. Very personal. And he, mm-hmm out drops 40 on Jokic's head every time mm-hmm. they see each other. So I can see that being a factor. And Bede finally gets there to the finals. Felt like he was snubbed of the MVP over Nikola Jokic. I can see him taking that very personal. And we have like an all-time great performance in the finals from Joel and Bede. But even still, and I think mm-hmm. Philly still could be, they're about the same as Denver. I'm sorry. I ain't going there. I know James Harden is all-star. <laughs> and, and well, he is an all-star. And I love James Harden. Evenly I think, matched. Yeah. yeah, I think he's playing a great role. Yeah. But Depth wise as well, if we go one to fifteen or one to eight, mm-hmm. I think I think this is the same team, very similar. Dominant center, very yeah. dominant guard, Jamal Murray, James Harden. I'd take Harden over Murray, but slightly at this point in Harden's career. Bro, you gotta mm-hmm. win the championship. It's that yeah. or bust. And getting there and losing in like seven, I- I'll give you that. I'll take it. I'm still gonna have a lot to say, but I'll mm. I'll 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 give you that. Now don't get to the finals, guess what? Cause you ain't getting no love. Four oh, or five, he get, shit if he gets swept. He better not get swept. But I'm just saying, I'll give him a little. Like I'll give, him, I'll say a slight pass where I'm not just gonna yeah. kill him for not winning a championship. But he's got to be in that championship or bust if every Mo, other superstar is. Mo, Mo, listen to me, man. They already have another excuse built in for Jokic. You know what that is? Is that the Phoenix Suns have a super team? That's the no built-in excuse. They already tried to. I already been hearing this shit. Out in it, out in the droves, out in Twitter, all of my ear. Yeah, oh, oh, now nah, it's super team. Now the Phoenix Suns are a super team. And I'm like, super team. Hold on, you mean the same dude, Chris Paul, 38 year old point guard that y'all call washed? That super team? What's the super team? The same DeAndre Ayton that's not an all star super team? What's the super team? Yes, they have a superstar in Devin Booker, MVP candidate. Yes, and then Kevin Durant joining that another MVP candidate, but it's not a Super team yet? Super team are three superstars in their prime, three to four superstars in their prime, all teaming up. Chris Paul is not in his prime anymore. Chris Paul is just going to be the primary playmaker. So if I see any other, nobody could beat Phoenix because it's a super team. So that's a built-in excuse for every other team not to 
compete or not be held to the same standards, I think that's bullshit. So everybody got to make it. To me, everybody on the West is basically on the line. The Grizzlies are on the line. The Clippers are on the line. Everybody's on the line. To me, honestly, this is going to be one of the most excited uh, playoff playoff runs that we've had in a while because this is about agenda for everybody pretty much. Yeah, and whoever doesn't get it done is going to get criticized. Memphis has been doing a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. They got to they make some noise. Now, I don't think Memphis is – Championship or bust, but I think like Western Conference Finals for sure. And then it's like, okay, yeah. y'all, y'all up and coming. Y'all felt like y'all should have been there last year. Y'all got there this mm-hmm. year. All right, cool. I don't think everybody has the same expectations. I think Phoenix got to win championship. I think the Clippers got to win the championship. And I think Denver got to win the championship coming out the West. If Golden State doesn't do it, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're okay. They're they just okay. won the championship last year. They solidified their dynasty, mini dynasty, whatever you want to consider it. They solidified that last year. A lot of guys cemented their legacy. Wait, the, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mo. You said Phoenix is championship or bus? Yeah, one hundred percent. You think they have to win it this year? Yeah, one hundred percent. But but why do you think that? They only have twenty some more odds games to put this team together. Why do they have to win? In your opinion, first off, they have to because this is arguably, like you said, the best team in the Western Conference now. Yes, this but is newly all- formed. This is barring injuries now. Like you know, obviously some. I mean healthy. Player, yeah, I mean healthy. Going to get hurt. But yes, because those 20-something-odd games, you're not bringing it. You brought in Kevin Durant, the easiest piece of the puzzle to implement (laughs) in the team, who is just going to come in and absolutely be a superstar. I don't have to worry about him not fitting. You could say, okay, their lack of depth, they got to implement. They they don't have a big four, okay? We are not... Chris Paul is past where I'm considering him a big part of anything. And DeAndre Ayton doesn't play elite enough consistently for me to for have him a big three. Okay. So you're also in the world of duos. Yes. You might have the best duo in the league. You Fair. just Fair enough. The best duo in the league. <laughs> it's just we're in the world of duos. Mm-hmm. You might have the best duo in the league, especially health, age, everything like that. When both of them are healthy, it might or it could be the most deadly. I still think a lot of people hold a lot of weight in LeBron and AD. Boston too. But with their duo. Would you not take Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? Over Tatum and Brown? Over Tatum and Brown? I mean, I'm biased, though. You can't really ask me that. Okay, so even based <laughs> I, on... Your- I love I love, I love, love that Celtics duo, too. I'm not going to lie. You know Tatum is my boy, yeah, too. So. Girl, that's they an neck and neck, duo. brother. They neck and neck. And so even still, if they meet the Celtics in the finals, then okay. But they... Yes, it's championship. Because here's why. You think their chances raise next year with this same yes. squad? Yes. Yeah, all right. I think next year they're gonna get better. They're gonna have time to even out Paul, this roster. Your boy Chris Paul don't have a whole nother year to be talking about when it contributing to the championship. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? Yeah. He got a, he got another year left. No, no, no. He got another year left. He has another year left on his contract. He ain't got another year left to be a contributor. I disagree. I disagree. He's giving you thirteen and nine right now. Come on, that's down, but he's thirty eight, bro. He's right thirty eight. He is LeBron James age giving you thirteen and nine. You think them numbers gonna be more impactful next season? He ain't giving you thirteen million. Yeah, year. but it's but it's more more about being a game manager, the knowledge on the floor, all of that. It's not really quantified in numbers for Chris Paul. And like Chris that. Paul is going to be in, he's an injury prone player, going to be thirty nine yes. years old. So that is but a that's fact. Why I think they're going to be better next year because they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to really get a real solidified backup for next year. Because next year we go we pumping thirty nine next year, so we we well, go over the hip. We're already talking about they might they, they they might get Kyrie next year. So like, what are we really doing? Like that's been floated around. They might get Kyrie. So yes, it's they are in championship or bust because they one they've been to the finals. They fell short. 
You added Kevin yeah, Durant. Yeah. I like the. I get that you gave up Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges. You, you upgraded with Kevin Durant. You've been to the finals. You fell short. You added Kevin Durant, and it's because I value it's championship or bust because I value any team that KD is on. He's one of those four or five guys. Any team he's on has an opportunity to win the championship just because yeah. Kevin Durant steps on the floor. And even though you're implementing him, 20-something games is a lot of games to implement a guy who's just going to walk on the court. Coming off injury, too, though. Coming off injury. You don't and care that, about that. You don't give no, because, <laughs> because when he comes off of injury, he gives you 30. Yo, Mo, Mo, you cutting up no slack, son. Ooh, Damn, I'm come on. Cutting, I'm not cutting him slack. The reason why I'm saying I don't care that he's coming off of injury because when KD comes back, he's going to give you 30. Like, he's not coming off he is, he is. missing a step. And what well, I want to He's got to learn a new scheme, even though he can be, but he doesn't. But I, I feel you. I feel you. you. I'm not uh, mad at you. I'm not you, mad at you. Uh, you. I know I'm raising the stakes so your Phoenix Suns and your boy KD. It's and, cool. It's cool. It's they need to win. So it's cool. That Kevin Durant that, in that way where I'm like, yes. if you walk onto a team and I feel like you can win the championship, forget the super team. I don't think this is a super team. I just think this is a team who added a superstar. You borderline have – you have a superstar and a high-caliber all-star. You got an aging point guard who still can contribute, and you got an inconsistent big man. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a really good team, but I'm not giving KD a pass for not winning a championship because he's a guy who can win a championship at any point in time, and you're That's on a good it. enough team to do so. But something. he hasn't won it the last couple of years, so having KD doesn't automatically There's been factors. You a champion. He's never walked in. He's never had well, his every- but he's never had his fully healthy team. If he walks into a, the playoffs with Chris Paul, good to go. Devin Booker, good to go. DeAndre Ayton and, and cast for the most part, I don't care if the 12th guy on the bench is hurt. That doesn't matter. It's an eight-man, nine-man rotation of playoffs anyway. But if he walks in healthy, this could be the first time in three years where he walks in and nobody gets hurt throughout that. Yeah, they got to win a championship. That's it. got to win a championship. And I, I won't kill KD if he doesn't. But if, if he gets there and falls short, I'm not going to kill him. Yes, because there will be the factor, but – Yes, it's got to be championship bust because Phoenix right now on paper is better than Denver. We think Denver is arguably fraudulent. We haven't the seen them on the court, but I agree with you. But we still haven't seen them on the court. You know, stop trying. You know what they're gonna look like on the court. Stop trying to do that. I'm trying you, to be humble, though. Come on, <laughs> protect them. We all know what they're gonna look humble. like. Yeah, well, be humble by on your own time because we know what they're gonna look like on the court. KD fits. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm coming from. Is these guys fit? It's gonna be. Perfect. It's going to be a match made in heaven for all of them. So, yeah, they got to win the championship. And I think Denver has to win the championship. I think Memphis got to get to the Western Conference Finals. I think if they fall short to Phoenix, I ain't mad at that. You lost to a better team, even though you think Memphis will give them fits. But still, like you lost to Kevin Durant. They should win. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. It is what it is. It just might be a tougher series than Phoenix would want. And, and I think the Clippers do. I think the Clippers are another team. I think they need to win the championship. If they don't make the Western Conference Finals at the very least, and I really think they need to win the championship, I think you start to think about blowing it up and letting Kawhi and Paul George venture elsewhere. Because if you don't do it this year, and I know adding Kevin Durant made people's expectations of certain teams change. I understand that. That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's what you're doing. You're changing the expectations for other teams because the Suns got Kevin Durant. No, I'm only changing it for Phoenix. Memphis did what, not. What about what about Boston and Philly? You didn't say championship or bust for them. Well, I was more focused on the West, but it's oh, okay, okay. But if we're going on the East, it's, it is championship or bust for Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. Oh, okay, okay. I, I was saying including them. Oh, okay. No, we just were on the Western Conference, but if, okay, if we're okay. going to do that, it, Philly for sure, Boston okay. for sure. You just went there and folded essentially. And Milwaukee. Milwaukee got to win the championship, too. They're arguably the best okay. team in the Eastern Conference. When they get there, they're going to have to see a Phoenix or a Denver, probably Phoenix. But 
They're going to have to see one of those teams, but you're going to have expectations for both of those teams to come in. Only one team can win, but both of y'all better win. Like you're going to be looking for y'all going to lose, but yeah, yeah, yeah. same expectation now that y'all are here. So mm-hmm. if Miami slipped and made it to the finals, wouldn't happen, but I'm just saying, if they got swept, nobody would care. People would be like, they didn't deserve to be there. They were fraudulent, but they made it through the Easter Conference and they made it, but you wouldn't care if they didn't win championship. It's mm-hmm. three teams in the East, those three teams, okay. and then it's Phoenix, it's Denver, and it's the Clippers in the West that I think okay. have championship or bust expectations because the Minnesotas, the, the Sacramento Kings, the Memphis Grizzlies, like mm-hmm. they're up and coming where like Memphis needs to make the Western Conference Finals. So you got about four teams that got similar expectations in the West. Okay. Only two of them are going to get to the Western Conference Finals. Only one of them going to get to the Finals. So a lot of teams are going to fall short of expectations. I did change it for certain teams, but I don't okay. think Memphis needed, even before KD, I don't think Memphis needed to get to the championship. I think they needed to get to the Western Conference Finals. Like you need to show that improvement. If you're young and building art, you made it to the second round, got knocked out. Next goal is to get to the Western Conference Finals. Maybe we could get over that hump. If not, though, we're constantly showing improving without just players improving on the court. The, the, our, our progression in the playoffs is showing improving too. And then next year, if they got to the Western Conference Finals, I think we'd be looking at Memphis like, now you got you got to get to the finals. You got to get okay. to that Boston stage where you yeah. got to get to the finals, and I'll be okay if you lose to Milwaukee or Philly or Boston, but you got to get there. And then after that, like, you're three years away from, like, it's championship or bust, but there are high expectations on Memphis. Okay. So. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I can rock with that. I, I just thought you were changing the expectations. I'm like, hold on, man. We got to keep that same energy. Right. No, there's there's that energy for certain teams. So I feel you. I feel you. So we made it. We we, we went right over our little hour mark <laughs> that we planned. But look, bro, I appreciate you for coming on. As always, this was, bro, great conversation. Um, like I said, I checked out your show. So anybody tuning into this, make sure you check out his most recent show. I'm sure he's going to have something else cooking up for the streets, probably this weekend. You know, it stays consistent, dropping on the weekly. Um, ain't going to be no breaking news where he going to give us no surprise podcast like he did with the Kyrie Irving trade. He had to <laughs> real quick and give us a little take on that. But yeah, bro, get, tell everybody where they can follow you before we close out. Yeah, my brother. Well, first of all, I appreciate you, Mo, as always, for inviting me to the show, my brother. You know, it's always love. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z underscore 513. I'm forgetting my own shit. Um, but yeah, brother, uh, check me out on there above the rim, wherever you guys listen to your shows. Yo, Mo, I appreciate you, my brother. You know, it's always dope. I got to bring you back on, man. Because, you know, last time you came on, it was during the playoffs when we had that... Uh, Jason Butler episode we had, we had, and that was a fly-ass combo. So you coming back, my brother. So hold, hold tight on that invite, my brother. You know we got some cheese to talk about, brother. Yeah, 100%, bro. And like I said, it's always great. You know, I'm yeah. glad I was able to get you back on. This won't be the last time I get you on prior to the playoffs. We go chop it up. Um, I'm sure everybody going to enjoy this when they enjoyed the, the last time I had you on. So on that note, 